From 1965 to 1980, a generation was born on this planet into a world they didn't create. This generation promptly experienced video games, VCRs, and the chicken nugget. Today, still remembered through movies and music, that generation thrives as middle-aged men and women. If you are bored, if you want to learn something new about something you already know, and if you can stand them, then maybe you should listen to The Latchkey Files. All right, Back to the Future, 1985 American science fiction film, science fiction comedy film, let's say, uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, Thomas F. Wilson, he plays our, our villain, Biff. Now, I'll tell you, did you, do you remember the movie Romancing the Star? Sure. Michael Douglas, right? You remember? Yeah. Uh, what people don't realize is that Back to the Future would not exist had it not been for the success of Romancing the Stone. Now, how is that, is that like another time travel thing, or how does? No, this is not. This is anything. To Kathleen Turner, come on, eighties Kathleen Turner, Kathleen come on. Turner. Anyways, so Robert Zemeckis, his early movies actually were like critically okay, but commercially not uh -huh. great. So the studio didn't want to take a chance on a movie like Back to the Future because he was an unproven talent. Instead, they give him Romancing the Stone, and it was a huge mm -hmm. hit, and it wasn't expected to be. So the success of that movie now allowed Robert Zemeckis to be given I see. the from the studios the ability to make a movie like Back to the I Future. See. You know, Kathleen Turner, my daughter's name is Kathleen, because when I was in college playing football, I suffered a very severe concussion, so much so that I don't remember it, but I've seen it on film. And one of the things you do when you get a player that's concussed is you run through some baseline questions to see Where's your mental state? At that time in my life, I had become engaged to she who is now my wife, Sue. So they thought, oh, we'll just ask him that. Go to the sideline. Medicos ask me, who are you engaged to? And without any hesitation, I say, Kathleen Turner. Wow. That was the end That's... of the assessment. Yes. I said, all right, you are clearly concussed. He's clearly not a... And that is part of the reason my daughter is named Kathleen. And my wife is mostly okay with it. Not 100%. Okay. Well, there Gotta it say, is. Not 100%. There it is. Um, so back to our movie. So Back to the Future takes place in two separate timelines, but they're experienced by our, our principal character, Marty McFly. Now, he's the youngest of three children, and the only real way to put this, Coach, is it's a dysfunctional family, or, or, or barely functional. Right. Just hanging on. Uh, he's got a, a slew of problems, adolescent and otherwise. His, his throwaway band, they can't. They can't secure the gig for the high school dance. That's, that's how bad they are, even by the low standards of the high school dance. And you do know, I'm sure all of our listeners also know, that Huey Lewis has a cameo in the Battle he's of the, the Band judge, scene yeah. for picking it. Yeah. So he's got that problem. He watches his father. This is a little, this is a little darker. He watches his father, who is just a, just a milk toast of a man, get bullied <laughs> by the supervisor, who is Biff, who also, throwaway line, wrecked the car that Marty was planning on using. So the, so the dad is so bullied, he's just loaning out cars. and Loaning at the car. Who Biff, and Biff is just wrecking him casually. And this wrecks Marty's plans to take it to the lake to be with his girlfriend, Jennifer. So he's got, now he's got that issue. Not to mention he sees his father, the only male role model in his life, just, just being walked over left and right. His mother, let's be honest here, has sort of let herself go. Yeah, uh, and I'd she agree with is, that. Um, 
I don't know if we want to say an alcoholic. But can we say alcohol? I'm gonna. I feel comfortable with. She's that. never okay. not drinking. I don't know what sounds. Unlike we, it makes her feel better, and right? She's, and she's not even drinking out of like <laughs> glasses you'd use. They're like plastic tumblers you might get at the gas station. Well, they were what, expecting a party. Whatever's clean. Like you get that sense <laughs> that she's pouring a, a fifth of the of the bottom tier whiskey. Yeah, it's definitely not top shelf. Into whatever shelf. happens to be in the drying rack. <laughs> um, she's got the, um, I mean, he's got the brother David. By any, he was a, he was successful. Any, he was successful. By any measurement, the success of the family, because he worked at Burger King. Gainfully employed, and he took the bus. Remember, <laughs> he took the. I'm gonna miss my bus. And he's at breakfast <laughs> in uniform, if I remember. I think. Yeah, well, that was dinner at that oh, point. I'm sorry, it was dinner. Yeah. Uh, so he's got the night shift at Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that, this is during the 80s Burger yes. Wars. So yes, it was, he's get the it was the Whopper versus the Big on. Mac. He had to be, he was on 24 hour standby at that right. time. <laughs> and then we have the sister, Linda, whom we don't really learn what really goes on with her. Yeah, what is her purpose? Well, she's the expository person, she's the info okay. lady who, <laughs> who says, for no reason, when they. They, they bring up how George and Lorraine, that's his mother, met. And even though everyone in the scene knows how they met, Linda right. still says, that was so stupid. Grandpa hit him with the cart. We all Correct. know this. Well, she did get a mess up the name of the dance. She said yes. fish under the sea, and Lorraine corrected her with enchantment. enchantment under the that's going to come back that's later. That's true. So had she not made those. But you, Linda yeah. has told us that Grandpa hit George with the car, and that led to the chain of events that brought them together. We need to know this. We do. Emily need doesn't this. need to know this because they already know it, but we need to know it. So we're fed that little bit of exposition. And then we have the never seen but often referenced Uncle Joey, who is a apparently a perpetual felon. <laughs> he's, he's, he's a three striker. Yes. He's a three striker. Yes. We never learn the nature of his crimes. Um, and even when we re-encounter him later, or I guess earlier in the timeline, he's a child in a playpen, and Marty makes Marty the tells really him to get dark used to these bars. Like yeah, you better get used to these bars. How about like, hey, how about don't break the law want to change, repeatedly when want you get to older? Something, because it's weird. He's back in the past to change his future, but he sees the Joey. That's inevitable. Like this, Marty, there's no can't change help in this, this kid. Can't help him. So these, this is this is Marty's life, strewn with problems. He, he's got a. An, on top of it, the one escape he has in his life is his girlfriend Jennifer, the plucky all-American girl is there to support him, but he doesn't ever kiss her because events keep transpiring in the story to interrupt him. Do you know what's funny? A lot of people don't know this. We Obviously, the story of Eric Stoltz being originally cast as the role of, of Marty McFly, most people know that they filmed for weeks with it, but most people don't know that Jennifer was originally supposed to be Melora Harden, mm. who was Jan from The Office, oh boy. but she's a taller, she's a taller lady. Mm -hmm. So when Eric Stoltz was there, it was it fit perfect. As soon as they recast Eric Stoltz, they had to dump her because she's taller than Michael J. Fox, so I think it's like five. And they five. didn't want to shoot around it with. They didn't want, like yeah. So they they wanted the girlfriend to be shorter than than Marty. So and did you ever hear about how Eric Stoltz actually played this? Character? I really don't know much about that. No. If you go into it, this is obviously a, a feel-good comedy, but Eric Stoltz was playing it almost like a method actor. How do you method actor Marty McFly? I don't McFly? know, but they said Zemeckis knew that he wasn't right, that Eric Stoltz wasn't right because of their first read-through, 
at the end, when they get to it, the, the coming back to the 1985 timeline and things have changed, Eric Stoltz said, this is so sad. And Zemeckis was like, what are you talking about? This is sad. Look at the iron. You know, this is great. And he goes, Marty's the only one that knew what it was originally like. So he must be so alone. Wow. It, yeah, talk about throwing a wet blanket yeah. on this. With David so, Mamet doing a dialogue pass. <laughs> You know, and so they, the, the movie, if you look at the shots, they you, you can see them. You know, they have them. Obviously, they're not destroyed. Okay. But it looks like a total different feel oh. of a movie with Eric Stoltz. So they were right. I mean, they were right. Obviously, Michael J. Fox, this is not the same movie. Wow. This will not be I mean, the success. Even if he has a point, that's not the, the lesson That's not the here. point, right, though? But... <laughs> You see, you see Marty McFly brooding on the roof of the house. <laughs> no one else knows what I know. I want to go. I want to take. I can't even take this truck because it's not supposed it's to be not mine. It's not a real truck. <laughs> um, we haven't. Well, who we haven't talked about either in casting or in the the, the, the piece is Doc Brown. So we have uh, Doc Brown, who's referenced before we even see him. We, yeah, he's referenced several times. He's the principal. Strickland had already said, "Stay away from him. He's dangerous." Right. So he's a known a quantity, guy. but we the audience don't know. We haven't seen him. Yet. And you know, as, as we all know, played by the the indefatigable Christopher Lloyd, who feels like he was built for this. That there's no other possible choices. But as we all know in Hollywood, they have different casting choices. Now, originally, who they really wanted was John Lithgow. Okay, I could from Buckaroo Banzai. I could see that, but here's one that I just I could not even see, nor do I want to. But I love this actor, Dudley Moore. He would probably play him could as you half see drunk. That? He would be, well, he'd be Arthur. <laughs> he'd be Arthur <laughs> as a scientist. Well, they and they had Ron Silver, who I could actually see Ron, Ron Silver, Silver doing it. Rob Robin Williams, John Cleese. Yeah. Oh, see, all those work for me. They the could. guy I could see in it is Christopher Walken. That I could see. <laughs> That'd be a whole different it would take. Be, but I, as a quirky, eccentric scientist, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love absolutely. him. Absolutely. <laughs> but it's Chris Lloyd, and um, with the hair and the mannerisms, and he played everything at level eleven, perfect. We, you, we cannot fathom this being anything other than Christopher Lloyd and Mar and uh, Michael J. Fox, even though there were other choices. Correct. Um, so you got Doc Brown, who's got a relationship with Marty that we don't really know how it got started. It's well, can we just just for a second here? We're assuming, by the way, that all the listeners have seen this, this movie. This is true. There, by the way, we should have. There's going to be some spoiler alerts, right? Can we, <laughs> from, can we put that from out? a 1985 movie? Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, you sorry. Have 30, you have 37 years sorry. to see it. Now, but now that I'm older, I saw that movie. That movie came out when I was seven. I saw it four times in theaters. My favorite movie of 1985. Even beat out Rambo Part oh, Two, boy. which was my second boy. one. Yeah. Um, is I never realized the oddity, now that I have kids of my own, that Marty goes to meet this this already docket, well, at least according to the principal, a dangerous guy at 1.15 in the morning at a mall. mall parking lot, yeah. Mall parking lot and tells him to bring the the, the camera. I, I just there's some red flags. Oh, there's there waving left and right. right? Like Meet that's... me at one eight fifteen in the mall parking lot. Make sure you bring the video camera. I mean, he already lets him go to his house with. The oh, and make sure you skate and... to it. Skateboard. Yeah, to yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So you don't walk. You can't drive because the car's wrecked. Right. <laughs> so... Well, we had had the theory that see because Lorraine was actually acutely interested in Marty's love life and was disapproving of how Jennifer called him was on calling. the phone, like that's the right. big sin of 85. 
So how come she wasn't as concerned that he's meeting a mad scientist? Because she's passed That's out because she's an alcoholic. We think that Lorraine's only good till maybe sundown. <laughs> then, then it's, it's that's then it. it's li- then that's it's good night, it. Irene. Then it's just <laughs> we have we have consulted with you're consulting with Doc Brown. I'm consulting with Doctor Daniels, and that's that's it. That's it for Lorraine. Um, so he meets him at the mall, in the parking lot. You know, as you do <laughs> at one fifteen. Uh, I don't know that it's ever explained why the meeting needed to happen then, except that Doc Brown needed an empty space. Could be. I don't know. Maybe go somewhere outside the city, Doc. But it does. It, well, it seems like, based on it, that they are outside the city. Or well, just go a little further. Yeah, they're in a right? mall parking lot. So you're, you Come want on. an isolated spot? Just go out to the country. Whatever. Again, like we're gonna say a lot in this in this episode. The movie just blows past that. We're just we're just here to have fun. So let's let's get to the experiment. So Doc Brown tells them all about the experiment. I got a DeLorean. Because I want to go with some style, I think he said. Now, did you know the originally in the script it was supposed to be a refrigerator? Oh. That was in the back of a truck that was driving through, and I think they had it that he was supposed to drive through a nuclear blast or something because oh they wanted Marty to be an accidental time traveler. They didn't okay. want him to go back on his own and seek personal I gain. See. So they wanted it to be an accident that he went well, rather you know, than. Well, still purpose. mission accomplished on that because he's fleeing the Libyan terrorists. Correct, and the Libyan terrorist is where Doc Brown gets the plutonium, which he stole, and therefore is assassinated as a result of. And they are, they are, um, the terrorists are good enough to shoot him down, but too inept to clear the, the gun jam to, to right. finish, That's a, uh, finish a, off Marty. Why not, st- you know what I understand, why not start off, you know, because they, they pull a couple different weapons out, he's got the AK-47. Yeah, he's got like the rocket launcher. Why not start with the rocket yeah. launcher? That's open, what I'd start. Open Just with your big game. Up. Hey, let's do this. saving the rocket launcher plan. But see, if he did that, Marty wouldn't have been able to get away. And they also could only secure a Volkswagen van. As they're, as they're, Those were as popular they're, at the that time. That is true. If our viewers remember, so there's a lot on the of, one hand, they've yeah. got military-grade weapons, but <laughs> Woodstock <laughs> this level. This is the best we could do. Yeah. So anyway, so Marty accidentally, as he's escaping from Libyans, goes back to 55 because the doc has pre-programmed it out of nostalgia ironically, to the very day where he had the idea for the time machine in the first place. Which was the flux the capacitor. flux capacitor, which has to operate on, what is it, 1.21 gigawatts? Okay, yeah, one point, I've been saying this for 30-some years now, thinking that a gigawatt is not real. And you know, I'm a psychology and a history teacher, so I am not a science, so to speak. But a gigawatt is real. It's actually a gigawatt is a measure of power, and there are one billion watts in a gigawatt. Now, that doesn't mean that lot to me, other than the million. It makes me seem like it's a lot, but to put it in perspective, that would be the same as 110 million LEDs or 364 utility-scale wind turbines or roughly 1.3 million horses. So there you go, Coach. So, That's something to take so away. So six horces they this. attach to the car in the third movie. Would it, would it explain not why in the third one they could it. not achieve? Correct. Correct. <laughs> you needed a lot more. So this, all these things uh, uh, contrive to get Marty back to 55, and they, the movie does a little bit of, I'd say, accuracy in a science fiction movie, where he moves in time but not space, so he's still in the exact spot where he was when he left 85, but it's not been developed yet. So it's on Peabody's land. And what does he, he hit? He over a pine tree or like a... That was a like scarecrow. Well, the, the pine tree is when he fled, but he hits the, oh, scarecrow, hits the scarecrow initially. Yeah. But the Libyans crash in, we find out when he bounced. So they crash into a what? A kiosk. A Kodak, 
kiosk for those listeners remember yeah we didn't always have phones on uh, or we our phones didn't always take pictures we didn't have back then we used to have to have take a picture and then go have the role finish the role so if your parents very important ever said or you ever said come here line up i want to finish the role it meant you'd taken almost all the pictures but not all of them Mm -hmm. and you submitted it usually a day later you could go get it right you could order double prints if you wanted and all sorts of things (laughs) now we're getting we're getting crazy double prints if you were an extravagant upper middle class family um so he's in 55 he he escapes the peabodies he runs over uh like a like a sapling or a, a young pine tree, which is going to come important later, and naturally decides I got to visit the dock in '55 because that's the only guy that can get me out of this problem. And they, you know, they talk for a while, but he eventually convinces the dock he's from '85, but not without some difficulty. There was some stuff that happened on the way. Now a lot of people miss this, but I love it's even funnier now because do they even have Tab Cola anymore? I feel like. <laughs> It's right. making a comeback, right. but everything he's saying because he wants a sugar-free drink, you know, I'll take a Pepsi free right. and because like, what a Pepsi pal, yeah, you're gonna pay Abbott for that. Costello routine going on. Well, that's also another funny thing is that the the uh, the vest that Marty was wearing. Everyone yes. thinks he's in the Coast Guard yes, of the life, the you know, puffy, the Navy. Yeah. Well, they wanted to dress him like that. The Eric Stoltz, if you look at the early films, he didn't look that out of place. So they I thought see. the comedy-wise, they would go a different direction. So that's why it's, it's often referenced the vest. Well, I think that he's also when he visits the doc and the doc is testing out his telepathy helmet that doesn't work, <laughs> he makes a lot of guesses based on the Coast Guard. Just on how he's so looking, he's, yeah. So he's clearly fudging the experiment. <laughs> yeah, he's got like, nothing. to collect donations for this the, damn thing doesn't the Coast work. Guard auxiliary. <laughs> so, um, so he's in 55, decides to go see the doc to try and sort it all out but yeah all kinds of hijinks have happened you know, in right there somewhere there's biff is still around and still being very much a bully he encounters his younger version of his father who is not just an incipient wimp is a full-blown established wimp at this point and can we just for a second i know i'm throwing you right. off course but it's played perfectly by Crispin Glover, oh, Crispin and Glover. I feel like we need to stop and just address how great more? Crispin Glover no. was. In that. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just want to be the only person on the planet to say how much I love Brilliant. Crispin Glover. Sadly, oh, yeah. I don't know who won Best Actor for '85, <laughs> but it was Whoever not him. Did, it was a shame. <laughs> from Glover. Yes, yes, he is. Um, he is a, a, a nerdy. I mean, nerdy is sort of a gentle word. He is that would yeah absolutely awkward. You know what I like though? I like that he tried to be suave as a character. He tried to all right, Biff. I'll try and run that homework over to yeah. He tries and he, yeah. to be smooth. <laughs> well, he does it in the eighty-five yes. version too. He tries to be smooth. He's nowhere like, come near on. it. It's not um, happening. But then he goes off to what? What did he do when he left the diner? What did you remind oh, everybody? Oh, Glover's character, George. Yeah, he becomes. Well, there's no other way to put it. He's a he's a peeping tom, as they put he's it. He's a that, peeping which tom. Which we would he's now a say sexual predator. <laughs> peeping tom sounds so nice. Sounds like it does so innocent. Nice. <laughs> but he's not just any old peeping tom. He didn't just decide. Oh my gosh, I can. I happen there's to catch open, a glimpse. There's some open drapes. He's got, he's got binoculars and a and a. He's spot. ready to go. <laughs> he knows where to go. And again, this is not really leaned into because you don't want to lean into the darkness in a movie like this. But it it does beg the question, the only person he could be looking at is Lorraine because he's in front of the house and this is what precipitates the events 
that cause Marty to be hit by the car rather than George. But there's a slight problem with the car accident in the first place. Well, I mean, this has always bothered me. He says, you know, Dad, watch out, and he pushes him out of the way. He gets hit, and he gets hit pretty right, hard. Head hits but the when the he hits a pavement, he's got a concussion. Obviously, he's knocked out. And the his grandpa gets out of the car and yells at the house that's right in front of him. Yet when he hits him, he's going like 40 yeah, to 50 going? miles an hour. Yeah. Like, he's not even slowing down. But then what I love is he goes, another one of these damn kids jumped in front of my car. How many kids do you have to – Hit with your car right. before you start slowing down and driving was appropriate said speed. Wasn't, there's a lot of damn kids in the world. It was <laughs> another one. Another of one I've hit. I hit him, and I'm going to take him inside and let my daughter so seduce is, him. This is a standard repetitive right. thing. So for the, the, forget Joey in the, the jail. This, this, this grandpa. <laughs> how many? How forget many the, adolescents? Not even the hospital. Let's just take her up. My, right. Don't worry. Here, my 17 year old daughter is going to take care of him. Head injury. Get him inside, like now. <laughs> So don't worry about it. But again, movie, we're just going to pass through these things. We're going to go. Let's we're going to go. go to the next scene. And so now we've displaced the timeline and we got a problem. And, you know, the doc you know, tells him not to do this, but it's too late. It's already been done. So we've got to fix the damage. We've got to repair it. So not only do we have the problem of the technical problem, how are we going to generate the, was it, you said 1.21 gigawatts of electricity. Yep. How are we, so they, we have the technical issue, but also, Whoops, we got to go back and repair damage that has been done to the timeline because if you don't fix the damage, your parents don't meet, so they don't have you. Now, the movie stops there because that's enough of a threat. But if you get into the paradox that, like, Rod Serling would get into, well, if they don't have Marty, then that means Marty isn't alive to go back and change it in the first place, so everything's back to normal, so now he does exist. So he can, and your head explodes. Like, the, <laughs> you can't follow the logic. So the movie very wisely goes, no, 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 not touching no, that. Just, just accept what we're telling you. That. And the title, Back to the Future, it'll all make sense and at some point. He conveniently has the photograph of them that disappears in body parts. Sure, that's just the marker we're using to tell you things are getting serious. Let's yes. not, we're not going to plot this out like with <laughs> Stephen Hawking. We're just going to do this. <laughs> Um, so here's Marty back in, in 55 trying to live the, the life of the, the teenager. And they've got to go to the, as you mentioned before, Enchantment Under the Sea dance. But Marty has the plan. He's gonna, he knows that Biff likes Lorraine. Well, likes is maybe a bad word. He's also predatory. Poor Lorraine. Let's give a thought yeah. for Lorraine here. Like, yeah. without her knowledge, she has George McFly peeping on her. Also has Biff coming on real strong. Lorraine is a is her her drunkenness makes sense now. Like she's had a lot of trauma. It's, it's, it's yeah. a miracle she got through this in the first place. <laughs> um, so anyway, we've got a lot of little lot of juggling balls in the air here that Marty's got to try and navigate. And the plan is, okay, George, you're gonna I'm gonna go out with Lorraine, and I'm gonna come on strong with her, no matter the edible nature of that. And then you're gonna come in. And, and beat me up or do whatever you do to me. And you're going to win the and day that's and gonna be the hero. going to make fall in love right. with you, replacing the accident. Well, as it happens in movies, the plan goes awry. And we have, we have Biff instead. Yeah, Biff came in. If you remember, and Biff's, Biff's pissed because during the skateboarding incident, crashed his car, yep. and the manure went in and all that. So Biff's got a score to settle. So he opens up the car. They drag Marty away. And then he sees Lorraine in the car, and I don't know. It's really 
It's tough. Sinister. It's sinister. It's, yeah, it's sinister a tough. A like word. I didn't see it when I was a kid. I just didn't. Sinister is a good like, word. That's a really bad situation. Right. right? And we got to hang on to this. I know we don't. It seems like a dark moment, and it is. We got to hang on to this moment. Remember the moment when Biff is. There's really no other way to put it. This is going to be a rape. <laughs> it's heading in that direction. But George McFly, because he's following the plan that Marty had set up, steps in, and when he realizes, oh my gosh, this is this is happening. This is actually he, happening. I think he backs down initially, and then he, he well, he, he's up yeah, his he says, hey, get your damn hands off. And then he realizes he's got the. And then he realizes guy. it's yeah. Biff, and he's like, well, now I'm in trouble. And you now he stood up. He says, you know, leave her alone. And then he tries to punch. And then Biff takes his arm behind his back, and Lorraine tries to right. jump on his back. And that's when he musters up the courage and the fist. And I still get chills right. just thinking about it with the, the music playing and Close up on the fist. knocks him out. For a guy who's never punched somebody to knock a guy out that big. Right. Roundhouse punch. Oh, I mean, that's. We got to hang on to this. So, so remember for later in our broadcast that Lorraine was about to be raped by Biff. Yeah. I know that's a dark thing to remember. It's only a movie. It didn't really happen. Just hang on to that. So Marty's still got to get these guys together. There's, they have to go to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance again. They have, to, they have to dance and everything. But because of other problems that have happened, the band member that was going to play the song has injured his hand trying to open the trunk with a screwdriver. To get Marty out, open. right. So the band is, is not able to play. Marty's got to step in as lead guitarist. So there he is. He finally got his gig. He is playing at the dance after all and he chooses to play in the style of chuck berry correct and it turns out that the band is is his cousin i think yeah marvin Marvin. berry was the guy that sliced his hand And marvin berry tells on the phone chuck berry this is the sound you were looking for yeah listen to this so it turns out that johnny be good uh, um, chuck berry's distinctive style actually came from marty mcfly 1985 1985 mcfly (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's if you've ever wondered that's how it happened so and everything is solved yay yay uh we get a tiny bit of we know there's going to be an issue because when mcfly tells when George, i'm sorry marty mcfly tells the doc it all worked out my old man deck biff i've never seen him like that before the doc looks thoughtful for a moment as if he's calculating hmm. hey wait a minute that might, might some cause things. a problem he shakes it off because they've got to hurry because right. lightning's going to hit the clock tower at a precise moment. Send him back, but a bing, everything's cool, right? We're, we're good to go here. We're back to the, we're back to eighty-five. Um, we seem to be okay because it's the same house. And Doc's, well, let's go oh, back just a step. Like he, Doc's, Doc uh, was Lone wearing the Pine bulletproof Mall. vest. Lone it's Pine. a Lone Pine going back to Mister Peabody. Right. Who was breeding pine trees? Twin pines. It was twin pines initially. Now we got lone pine. A lot of people didn't catch that. Marty had run over one of the pines. That's correct. All works together. (laughs) They call him you space bastard. You killed. Oh, we forgot to mention the note that he gives the doc. He gives the doc the pre-warning. You're going to get gunned down by the Libyans. Right. How do you think that letter went? I don't know. He says the night I go back, you you will be killed. Maybe by this is what happens to you. So take precautions. Yeah. And the doc initially in the 55 doc says, I refuse to read this because. Rips the letter up. But then he must have taped it together. Yeah. And read it. And he took precautions. He was wearing a bulletproof vest. And apparently not only a bulletproof vest, but bruise proof. Because he's, Cause he's he was good fine. to go. That's an old dude. That just he is got a mad scientist. He could have been he, built by him. He <laughs> built his own. He, he went to the future. <laughs> got the best bulletproof vest from, you know, 21, 27. Came back and you know, do your worst, Libyans. 
right. doesn't really explain why he was afraid of them. If he was wearing a bulletproof vest, he would want to get gunned down so they would leave. They would but, leave, right? Again, let's jump we're, through we're, this. We're getting Never stuck mind. in all details, Coach. we got a we're, movie okay, to make. So we're going back let's to his house. Go. He's back at his house. He wakes up the next day. But things are a little better than they would normally be. His father is not a milk toast anymore. As much as Crispin Glover can go in that direction. Right. I, I, I'm never going to buy Crispin Glover as, like, the tough he, guy. But He's at least suave. He's a suave nerd. He is, yeah. a, he is a successful, confident. He's a successful author. Ten, I think a tennis-playing nerd. They were playing tennis, and they came back, yeah. The, and then the, they got that new track lighting, right, a new sofa, which Joe in Biden 85. Sunglasses. He's ready he's to good. go. And David is the wearing a suit. Yep. He's I don't still living at home, though. Yep. We don't address that. But okay, and uh, they're in the same house. Like even though they've upgraded every part of their life, they're in the same tract. You know, it's got to be Levittown the same house, house <laughs> that they're in before. Um, but the but he has the truck. You know, the he's nice got black the truck. truck. Yeah, he's got that Toyota. And right. Biff is now not really their servant, but he's definitely someone he's they a employ. Feeble kind of. He's yeah, the he's milk a, toast. He he's the, the detailer. He's got his own detailing. And he's business, he's, but but I'm you know what I'm gonna I know why you I know you why you we gotta go back a little, don't we? To to think about I it's always bothered me. Well, I shouldn't say always because I didn't understand it, but lately I point out the fact that yes, Biff tried to assault Lorraine. Why is he still hanging around like just that goofy uncle that can't get a real job? See, I like dude. I maintain he's playing the long game. This is he is still into Lorraine. I'll wait another thirty years after <laughs> he is this too. Still into Lorraine. Ah. Oh. <laughs> decided the way to her is just chip away just slow slowly she won't know she's got a couple kids but don't worry eventually she'll get tired of them because and 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 george mcfly catches him in a lie about the car waxing yeah he says uh, the second so he's aware that That he's still a liar that's why i mean not as tough biff has just altered his tactics he hasn't Ah. george didn't punch the rape out of him he didn't he didn't hit him so hard to fundamentally change his character so he just just, okay methods i'm just gonna be a little i'm gonna go see i'm gonna go long real long but like the movie doesn't need to be this dark (laughs) so everything's better now like it's just better everything's been upgraded well everything that's upgradable has been upgraded um, and his girlfriend, you know, they go, he's going to go to the lake with her, and it's right. all going to all work out. Everything's cool. And we have the wonderful ending where we get introduced to the sequel that's going to come in a very short time. And it says to be continued. Yeah. I, still, I still remember that, going to the movie theater, seeing that, being so excited. First time I saw that coming out, going, to be continued. It's coming out. I didn't know that I'd have to wait four years. <laughs> Yeah. Because back then they didn't make sequels like they do yeah. now. It's not the Lord of the, the Rings or you know once coming right. Um, so that was probably my most anticipated movie to wait for that I can remember in my entire life was Back to the Future Two because from the moment I saw it in '85, I couldn't wait, and that came out in '89. Now this was a very successful movie. Very successful. I mean, movie. it wasn't just a gem that didn't get box office love. It did. Uh, was it three hundred and eighty-one million dollars? It was the number one. Yeah, number one movie of of nineteen eighty-five. I mean, that's so that's something special. Exceptionally well, right? And there was some big blockbuster, like I said, mentioned earlier. First Blood, Rambo, or Rambo: First Blood Part Two, uh, same year, beat out that. So it was the eighties were big for blockbusters. If you remember, that was a great movie experience. It sure was, and of course they made the two sequels. 
two and three that just sort of furthered the story and, and they, kept, they kept a lot of the through lines the same with Biff as always present in some form or another throughout the well, whole Well, I would like, I know we, we've done this for other movies, but do you have some trivia for I me, do, Coach? I do, finish up with that. I, I want our listeners to play along. If you You're free to believe, answer on your own. If you can keep up with me That's when it comes to Back to the Future, you can consider yourself a geeky expert in something that nobody really cares that much about. So let's start. And then I got to almost qualify this one right away because I, I was going to say, what was the name of Doc Brown's dog? But that's not enough of a question because he's got more than one. So I'm going to say right. the sheep dog, the 1985 sheep dog. What's that dog? That would be Einstein. Right, Einstein. Copernicus he's was got, the 1955 so he's, he's got a history of naming dogs after important Correct. figures in science history. Now, when Marty visits Doc Brown and tries to convince him he is indeed from 1985, and Doc Brown tests him by who's the president, the answer is, of course, Ronald Reagan, which Doc Brown finds hysterical. So hysterical that he suggests, as a vice president, whom? That would be Jerry Lewis. <laughs> Another... Jane Wyman's a first lady. <laughs> Another, well, what's even funnier about that is that, um, you know, obviously in our, in our era, we, we still did entertainment in, in the presidency. We have presidents who were entertainers. Yeah. Jerry Lewis, we haven't gone that far. We haven't gone into the Jerry Lewis level. <laughs> um, when, later, when uh, after the grandfather hits Marty with the car and Marty is taken to be cared for by Lorraine, Lorraine thinks Marty has a different name than Marty. And what is that name, and why does he, she think that? Oh, come on. Are you going to test me with any of these? Nothing? It's Calvin. She calls him Calvin throughout the first part of the movie. And why is that? Because of Calvin Klein underwear, okay. those purple underwear. Right, so these are, why else would he have some other dude's name on his underwear true. is what she's that's thinking. That's true. So these are softballs you're saying? These are no good? Right. Fine. Give me something Fine. good. Uh, what time does lightning strike the clock tower? Oh. No. Okay. Yes, all right. Boy. All right. Hold on. Hold on. I want to say it, it's a precise. Well, it's a yeah, precise hour point, and minute. Right? No, but I mean, like, I can't. Ah, oh, I mean, it's not a round number. Yeah, I'll give you that. Right. So, 11.15. Oh, 10.04. Oh, okay. Okay. You got me. You got me. You got me. So let's go. We'll go to, and I, I think there's something else about this one, but I'll, I'll ask it. The, the DeLorean time machine has a personalized license plate. Do you remember what it is? Out of time. And if I remember right, at that time, that was impossible for license plates. Like, it's the wrong right. number of you letters. You couldn't have those right, yeah. Uh, th okay, this, I think, is trivial, because I don't think they said this once. So this, you have to memory okay. on this. The band that Marty's in that fails to clear the performance, what is their name? The band's yeah, name? Yeah, I think he says it once. He, he does. He, he oh, okay, give me a second. P pinheads. That's right. He yes. just kind of leans in. He, we're, the, we're, the, we're the pinheads. Yeah. Yes, I got it. Uh, we, are, we actually covered this one, so I'm going to jump over that one and go to, okay. In the, in the revised future, George McFly is a successful author, and he has published a science fiction novel. What's the name of that novel? I am actually upset with myself that I know this because I think it I spent too much time watching Back to the Future and not going on dates in high school. It's a match made in it space. Is, and it has the photo or drawing of the the radiation suit Marty was in. Right, exactly. Little due to when he uh so it's, it's, played the Van it's Halen. It's like autobiographical that. Like it's, like <laughs> it could it's, be. It's, 
really happen. <laughs> that's another thing that's never addressed. Does he? I mean, when when Marty is born, don't they have to notice? At some point, when he's what twelve or thirteen, they're like, he looks a lot really? like that Although dude you that helped us out, who who disappeared, and we never saw him again. By the way, this is a small town. Nobody remembered you. having this guy in any classes. No. It's never brought up again. He played the the Chuck Berry song, "Gonna Be Good," and gone. As as on it, an assistant principal as Strickland was. (laughs) He's the only the faculty (laughs) member. Maybe that's why he didn't catch. Because they gave (laughs) the warning about Doc Brown, and yet he he roams the halls of the school. Right. Yeah, he's just chilling out. There's no chance we would have this happen. (laughs) But that's again movie moving moving on. Not not dwelling too long in any individual thing. And I think that's the key of what makes this such a good movie. It's not going to get bogged down in dark details. It's not going to get let's, – let's get caught in a loop here. Let's answer everything. We just need to answer enough to get through this scene. And it works. It works beautifully. It's so entertaining, the, the Back to the Future soundtrack with Huey Lewis. I was a huge Huey Lewis fan at the time. Still am. But Power of Love. I mean, I, I've, every time I hear that, I think of the scene of Marty – on the on the skateboard pulling behind the right. cars and stuff in the beginning around the right. town. So it was just a great nostalgic eighties movie for me, Coach. So go back if you if you have a chance to go back, rewatch it. It does hold up. It's just a good story. It's fun. It's it's just deep enough to carry itself, but not so deep that you get lost in it. And I think that's the the perfect mix of a great movie. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Latchkey Files. If you'd like to experience more from us, you can find Sean O'Brien's science fiction books on Amazon, Nook, Audible, and most other book and audiobook retailers. You can also go to his website at seanobrienauthor.com. And if you're looking to get in better shape, both physically and mentally, check out Chris Varner's lifestyle and fitness YouTube channel called Just a Dad Bod.